This is Riley Perez, the author of What is Real? The Life and Crimes of Darnell Riley, released by Rare Bird Books. I'm speaking with Devin Gallaudet. And if I butchered his name, he will correct me. Yeah, the you butchered of, my name. I butchered <laughs> it. The author of 1,000 Miles with My Dead Father's Ashes. Yeah, you um, butchered that too. We're doing great, Riley. <laughs> did I really? It's, yeah, no, this is... Uh, this is Devin Galladay, the author of 10,000 Miles with My Dead Father's Ashes, um, or Me Padre es Muerto en la Balsa. Um, Riley, it's good to hear your voice, man. How have you been doing? Thank you. We, we added 9,000 more miles with your dead father's ashes. Yeah, I don't want to shortchange my father's ashes in any way. I, I'm sure you can understand why You know that would be important. Once, once the readers read the book, they will understand that he lived a life that required 9,000 more miles <laughs> every time, right? You got it, man. You got it. So um, can we just jump right in? Because I want to know how you're doing. Because you had your book launch uh, just before mine. As a matter of fact, I, I visited uh, – I, I went to your, uh, to your book signing in, uh, in Los Angeles, in Brentwood. It was incredible. Uh, what is real is a um, it it's a, intense at points. Um, so can 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 you just say a little bit about your book? Can we start there? Yeah. Um, what is real? It details uh, day one of my incarceration, and it takes the readers through each stage of of this new society that I worked myself into. Uh, the mm-hmm. criminal justice system prison. So the reader is uh, brought into that world, all the gang associations, racial tension, and everyone jockeying for a piece of uh, real estate and uh, a cut of the, the black market. Um, so at the heart of it, it's it's a story of cutthroat capitalism. <laughs> um, you know, and I really do appreciate you coming and showing the support that you've shown with the with the book and, and so when I came out to your reading uh and seeing the different writers and friends of yours that 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 lend their hand you know to bring bring you into the the publish author world it was it was great to see you know that writers are always uh, out to to help out another writer well i think it's i think it's an interesting place i mean you know, we've talked about this before, and I, I suppose maybe we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more now. But you know, I was I was fascinated. First off, I, I do I, I think we're supposed to support each other because most much of our time, if we're if we're writing regularly, we're sitting in probably in a small dark uh, room by ourselves, trying to uh, uh, you know get our best thoughts down on paper or on the computer. I think the the love is is that. You know, we're so willing to tell the story and sit in a small dark room by ourselves. But then at the same time, you know, the I think it's just incredibly important to make sure that we reach out and connect, especially when there's this kind of really when you think about it, writing a story is a very personal experience. And I think it's really important to connect with people who are doing the same things. And I mean, fortunately, that's something that we've done. Exactly. Uh, what you know on my second reading I had at my buddy uh, 
Andy Vichella, who is a um, graphic novelist. Uh, he's an actor, but he owns the dime. And I had a reading with uh, two other buddies, along with Andy, who are whom are writers. So, and they read different sections from what is real. So to to have someone else reading your work, someone else you respect, someone else uh, that's taken to the material, you know, we all chose which area of the books most most they most connect with. So to have them read, it definitely was, uh, you know, a, a feeling of accomplishment, you know, to have your peers respecting your work. That's really interesting. I've never done that before. Um, you know, I haven't read anybody else's work at a reading. Um, how did it turn out? Did it feel pretty good? Yeah, I, I went first, which took the pressure off of me. And I started with how the book opens, day one, chapter one. Uh, so once I got mine out of the way, I actually was able to sit back and enjoy it like the the rest of the audience was enjoying it. Um, the section that a friend of mine, Rob Weiss, he read a section where I talk about, I'm about nine months of in, incarcerated at that point. And uh, Tookie Williams, who was on death row, Right. He he had been on death row since the early 80s, and he was eventually uh, executed in San Quentin prison. So he read the section where I opened up where Tookie is given his, his last statement and everything that happened after that in the institution that I was in, how the inmates whom were, were being mocked by the a couple of rogue cops who decided to make a joke of uh, of the execution of Tookie Williams. Uh, you know, he he did, he was tried and convicted, and you know, but to to make light of of life of death, uh, inmates found that to be you know a slap in the face. And one one theme that I return to in the book is uh, uh, something that an old timer had said to me is that the authorities in there, the cops in there, they go home at night because we allow them. So every now and then you would see a situation that would come up where uh, there would be some pushback. So for Rob to choose that chapter and to deliver it, and he's not a big public speaker, but to deliver it as he did and, you know, watching the, the audience, some of them who had already read the book, watching their reaction, uh, it, 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 it looked like they were there with him. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a great, it was a great experience. So was that, was that hard? In other words, was it difficult for you? I mean, obviously I'm sure prison life is, is miserable. I don't think I'd last a minute, but was, was there any particular book that was, or pardon me, any particular section of your book that you wrote that you found particularly uh, uncomfortable or challenging? In other words, was, was writing about Tukey Williams uh, and the, and uh, uh, the law enforcement reaction to it challenging? Well, he Tukey Williams had been, had been convicted for some, a pretty heinous act. Totally. I didn't want in any way to glorify Tookie Williams. He was one of the founders of the, of the Crip organization, the street gang. Uh, That gang has wreaked havoc 
along with other gangs in L.A. for the last 45 years. So I didn't want to glorify his statement that he put out to the public, his last statement. In in that statement, he lets it be known that he, he takes no pride in his crimes. Uh, he's a man who's 40-something-odd years removed from uh, from that life at that point. And he understood his, his fate was that he was going to be executed. So I wanted to properly serve the situation. Uh, my feelings being, okay, uh, this is the law. We all agree to abide by this law, uh, the various laws by being a citizen of this city, this state, this country, and there are repercussions for it. Um, so in being fair, I opened up with his statement. And from there, I was able to give the world that I was in at that moment, how they all reacted to. Um, well, first off, the guards were on alert. Anytime there's going to be an execution throughout the state, usually there's a, a lockdown, not knowing how the inmate population will respond, particularly with this guy, Tookie Williams, who was a founder of the Crip organization, not knowing how much sway he still holds with the rank and file. So had there not been that that taunting by the officers whom got on, they, they got on the loudspeaker and uh, in a menacing voice whispered, you know, Tookie is dead. Had there not been that taunting from the officers, I doubt if there would have been uh, an out uh, and uh, violence from the inmate population that pushed them over the edge. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think what you're, what you're sharing right now is I think a really important point in terms of writing as a whole um, and storytelling as a whole. I think what I had to do in my own writing, in my story, is that it was really important to kind of point out in sort of a factual sense rather than sort of like, I think it would have been easy for me to kind of lean towards uh, I should be pitied or you need to root for me. And really what I, uh, I think attempted to do was lay out facts and let the reader decide for themselves what was right and what was wrong because you know uh, it was funny I, I i remember when i had finished the book i had sat down with my mother and quite literally said hey i wrote this book about dad and you're in it and i'm in it and everybody looks terrible and i mean i kind of said it a little bit tug-in-cheek but i think it was really important to kind of lay out as a storyteller uh here's the facts of what we're dealing with you know and ultimately the the uh, the reader gets to decide whether or not my behavior or my father's behavior was sort of like warranty of sympathy or or you know you hated us. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I think it was more important to kind of bring out the story and uh, bring out sort of like as much truth as possible. And and I, that's what I'm hearing you describe is that it was more important to kind of like here's here's this history of this guy and here's my story. Exactly. On both sides of the of the law, those that are charged with overseeing us, the security of us, the sheriffs that that ran the county jail, that run the county jail and the inmate population, uh, the reader will be able to see that 
at various times, there are those who are upholding the law who actually um, stick to their oath of office, their position, and those that see it as an opportunity to exact some some deep-seated revenge that they may have. But I'd say in large part, you know, you, you find the inmate population who is uh, at the mercy of of the rules that have been laid down many years before they came into the system. And it's just about if I could follow this line, then I can get to the next stage and hopefully the next stage being freedom, uh, whatever this stage may look like the next 10 years, 20 years or whatever my individual situation is. So just giving the facts of the situation uh, without, you know, grinding an axe on anyone, I think you're going to probably see that we're all, you know, fallible. We all have some warts. Uh, at times we may be able to put a little makeup on it to cover it up. But for the most part, you, you, you're able to see a, a fully functioning hyper-violent society on both sides of the, of the law. Well, I mean, I think, I think the truth of the matter is, I mean, that's kind of human nature. I, I think that, you know, you know, let's say if people are just working in an office, there's going to be some people who are just going to show up and, and work really hard and then go home and feel good after a hard day's work. And then there's going to be somebody who's going to be swiping boxes of pens. And exactly. I, I don't think, you know, I think when you're dealing with a prison population or just life itself, you're dealing with sort of like a series of consequences. And, and the truth of the matter is in my own life, you know, I could kind of think, well, if I take enough drugs or if I – you know, do enough bad things, somehow uh, maybe I can feel good about the world. And the truth of the matter is many of the choices I, I took uh, had a lot of consequences attached. I mean, obviously, you know what uh, consequences are about. Um, but that's kind of what it is. And I think that's one of the important parts of, uh, of storytelling and writing is to get into those real sort of like beyond the surface notions of what it is that we're trying to tell. In other words, it would be very easy to just say, hey, I, 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 did these, I did these rotten things during the course of my life, and we'll just leave it at that. But I think it's also so important to kind of drill down into the part that allows uh, our subjects, in other words, in this case, you know, you and me, we drill down to the point where we get to look at humanity how these things, you know what I mean? Humanity and dealing with its consequences. Exactly. I want to get back to your, your reading, the, the reading that I came to at the launch of your book. Uh, you had three different people read things that they had wrote about fathers. One, uh, one of the readers read about uh, his time with the Smurfs pajamas and how it, connected to his father uh, one reader read about uh, her father or oh, uh, this character you know pretty much a, a man about town visiting the daughter and them being at the jazz jazz club together yeah then you come in with your <laughs> with your story about your dad and the, the 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 portion of the book you 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 broke it down was uh, the time at the casino. I don't want to ruin it for for the reader, but <laughs> that 
that detailing, you know, the, there was no pulling of punches. There was no PC. Let me change what he said when he threw you under the bus. You know, it, this was your dad. This is, was how he spoke. This was that error. I, w- I was completely there. I, I saw the carpet in the casino. I saw the old slot machines. So, I mean, it, it's great that you properly served that experience, you know, without trying to you know make the your dad seem like he was some nice guy who just got by you know so i I do give you major props for that and uh it once the reader dives into it they'll catch up and understand what i'm where i'm going with this well well thank you and by the way we had uh at that particular reading we had seth fisher who is a wonderful writing a wonderful writer and uh, tony ann johnson she wrote uh, the story that she read was sort of a true story about her relationship with her dad um and she is uh the author of requiem oh i can't remember the name of the book i'm going to shoot myself anyway tony ann johnson wonderful wonderful writer uh but it was yeah it was a wonderful event i mean i think it's it was terrific to see people come out and support uh writing and storytelling i mean you had a huge crowd uh when i saw you you did it outside it was terrific what was the what was the bookstore that you did it at a diesel bookstore in the brentwood country mart yeah Yeah. no it's a beautiful location yeah, yeah can, so so what's what's up next for you? Um, any and everywhere there is a microphone, that's where I'll be. Uh, I've had the opportunity to speak at uh, USC Gold School of Law uh, twice, uh, as well as a couple of different high schools, uh, creative writing classes. Uh, recently, I moderated a, a panel on public safety uh, as prison reform, you know, it's interconnected with public safety uh, the majority of the guys that are inside will be coming out and the basis was what are they coming out to uh, i was able to host that uh, along with uh, at the time congressional candidate dr kenneth wright and our current congressman for the 33rd district doc uh, excuse me ted lou so it, it was pretty interesting crowd that had come out to to see what we had to talk about and the different uh, initiatives that I had put forward. So uh, I'm wherever there's a microphone, I'm going to be, uh, I'm putting together now uh, something, hopefully the beginning of the year, 2019 uh, for New York. Um, I've had a, a good response from the East coast uh, asking when I'm going to come out and uh, you know, I'm ready whenever there's a, whenever there's a slot opening. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of in the same place. I'm actually uh right now focusing a little bit of attention on a new book that's about uh me getting married to my wife uh the same woman 20 times so far. Uh knock on wood when I don't believe in marriage. That's uh, obviously the basis of the book, but I've been doing a fair amount of speech uh, speaking as well. I just did something actually at a high school and did a series of all day long lectures for the kids. Uh, and then I'm going to be in Reno, and then I think I have New York coming up, and then uh, another thing in Los Angeles. And then I, I believe on the third Sunday in Los Angeles in January, I'm going to be doing uh, the uh, uh, Southern California Baha'i Center that is in right in the middle of Los Angeles. So I guess we both have some stuff coming up to uh, – 
uh, to kind of share our wares and keep telling stories and putting it out there. Before we give uh, the sites where readers can catch up, I want to clarify, 20 times to the same woman but in different locations, correct? Yeah, that's the the goal is 100 times in 100 countries. So far, uh, it's been uh, 20 times in 15 countries. This is uh, this is life goals right here, relationship goals, as the meme says. Uh, what's your website so we can have readers go to it and catch up whenever you're going to be in a city that's near them? Oh yeah, that's great. It's uh, devangalladay.com and let me spell that really briefly, which is D as in David, E as in Edward, V as in Victor, I N as in Nancy. Galladay is G as in George, A L A U, D as in David, E as in Edward, T as in Tom. And and where can people find you, Riley? RileyPerez.com. R I L E Y P E R E Z. And I yeah, we can always go to Rare Bird Books. And from there, they'll be able to catch up with uh, either one of us and uh, from there, just bounce to our websites. It's been a pleasure, Devin. And I butchered your name and I I cheated you out of 9,000 miles with your dead father's ashes. But I think the conversation, we've redeemed ourselves. Yeah, no, I think we're totally good. And uh, I will look forward to seeing you in person soon, Riley. For sure. Thanks. Take care.